Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell that there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language, and with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons & Dragons from Yucky Ugolus to Yawning Yetis. And today we're talking about the Yuan-T. Talking about snake people. <laughs> oh, fuck. Is that the thing I said? <laughs> yeah. You and oh, that's snake right. people. We yeah. mentioned that, and mm-hmm. I was like, snake people. Essentially, they're evil snake people. They are. Oh, today, we're and, ta- welcome to the Dungeon Cast. Today, we're talking about evil snake people. Indeed. Hell yeah. And in all honesty, in order to use them, that's all you actually need to know, but there's extensive lore on them. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah, it's like throwing <laughs> it's like throwing knolls at somebody. You don't really right. need to know anything about them except that they're trying to fucking kill you. Right, very much so. <laughs> so, uh, again, the UNT are essentially uh, humanoidish snake people that dwell in the ancient ruins of their forgotten empire. When you say humanoidish, let's start there. Okay. Let's start with the aesthetic here. <laughs> are there are there feet? Are there limbs? Um, okay. Probably arms, right? Because swords the are aesthetic. cool. It wild, uh, it varies, varies wildly. wildly. Yeah. Yes, wild um, And this is for multiple reasons that we'll get into almost immediately. Let okay, me just okay, say yeah. a few things because I trust you. It's uh, their aesthetic is like a huge part of their everything. Yeah. So. Okay. I'll, I'll let this episode guide. <laughs> I'll let you guide me as normal. Right. Then please do. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they they dwell in the, the ancient ruins of their of their uh, forgotten empire. They worship a menagerie of different snake deities and entities that have nothing to do with each other. Um, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So are they abyss related at all? 
We'll get into their deities. Some okay. some of their snake deities are. Yeah, because most uh, of them aren't. Are not abyss. Is that the? Uh, maybe I'm confusing it with the nine hells. That's the nine hells, huh? There's a. There's no, a, they don't have anything to do with the nine hells. But isn't there a devil that's a snake? I believe so. I believe Mammon yeah. is a is a snake mantra. He got turned into that, by the way, by Asma. Asma oh, no, no, does no. that. I'm a talking lot. about like a lower level, like. Oh, you're thinking about the demon, the Meriliths. It is a demon. Okay. I think that. UNT would really like Meriliths. They probably do like Meriliths. We're going to get into that. Cool. UNT people are crazy. Nice. So anyways, they're written as neutral evil, which we haven't talked too much about neutral evil, but basically they're motivated by two things. They're selfish desires, like their base selfish desires, and dreams of apotheosis. Apotheosis is, I don't if you don't know, basically the desire to ascend to divinity. Oh, okay. They each apotheosis. Want to do yeah, apotheosis as your word of the day. Nice. Uh, they feel that they are the superior race that shall inherit the world, much like every other fucking monster in this right? game. <laughs> but them especially, I guess. Are they um are they self crippling to stop them from doing so? Yeah, like most be, other be, monsters because they're neutral evil. Like they are organized to a certain degree, but like they're all out for themselves. So, so on, on the alignment chart, neutral almost always means selfish to, and. My experience. Well, I mean, neutral means like neither particularly chaotic or lawful. Whatever suits your personal needs is what you go with. Yeah, a more balanced outlook on how to do things. Okay. So the UNT were originally humans. Um, They ended up using dark rituals to become snake people. Um, We'll get into those rituals a little bit later. Like I said, their appearance varies wildly for multiple reasons. And the first of these reasons are is the fact that there's multiple categories of UNT that fall into a caste system. Okay. The rule being generally that the more snake-like you are and less human you are, the higher in status you are. Oh. Yeah, they want to be more snake-like. So let's dive into the four major casts. There's actually three, but there's a fourth one too. And there's technically a fifth. We get into the major casts of the UNT. Okay, I have a lot of questions that I'm not going to ask, but I just want you to know they're in my brain. Okay. And they involve Voldemort a lot. Yeah, they'd be into Voldemort a bit. Yeah, um, like yeah, probably not that much. If Voldemort was one of these uh, casts, he would be the first one we're going to talk about, called the Purebloods. Okay, it's very fitting because Pureblood is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, none of the main guys are. It's like Hitler, where he's like, like, the Hitler was like raised by a Jewish person. Oh yeah. Like well, that. I mean, Voldemort is a Hitler allegory. Like well, he's yeah. he's he's uh, not pure blood. Like that's written on purpose. Uh, uh, you can catch on a different RSS feed our Harry Potter podcast. Yeah, indeed. We'll get into that. In the other <laughs> Go tune into that. Um, so anyways, purebloods. Purebloods are the most numerous and most human-like and lowest of the casts when it comes to the UNT. Um, they essentially look like humans with one or two snake-like attributes. Now, this varies while they could be snake eyes or scaly body parts or a snake tongue. Like It could be anything, really. Whatever every you want it to be. Every time they roll dice, it's two ones. Right. There you go. <laughs> they are treated fairly by the general society of the UNT, but their needs come dead last before or after all the other casts. Okay. Um, they do play an important role when it comes to being spies or diplomats or infiltrators in humanoid society. Again, they essentially look human. So with a few, with like a minor spell or a few ascetic things, they can just pass off as human beings. Right. You just get that creepy snake vibe from them. Yeah, very much so. Okay. And they generally hate and despise having to talk to people. They see people as meat and Ooh. they don't like to talk to meat. I don't like to talk to meat. I just <laughs> like to eat my meat. I don't like to know what my meat is feeling. Right, indeed. (laughs) Um, So the next cast up are called the Malisons. Um, They're the middle cast of UNT society, and they have the most variant of forms. Um, Simply put, essentially, Malisons are half human, half snake. 
Oh, where those halves come into play varies wildly. Yeah, which fifty percent? Like, it like, could be a snake head with a human body. It could be a human head and torso with snake from the hips down. It it's could, just a fucking snake from the waist up, and it's just like running very fast with no arms. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it could be. God, that's just some lethal ass like, kicks. Like it can use its upper body to like fling its legs out. Right. Sure. Why not? That's hilarious. Sick. Um, it can even be all human, but the arms are snakes. <laughs> It's so just, it has okay. So there's no neck and no like head attachment. No, no, there's no, no. Just, there's a human head and body, but the arms are snakes. Well, no, because that doesn't add up to me. Because like uh, now you have three heads, and that's yeah, how, well, you do. Shit, for real? Yeah. That's for real. Yeah. I was thinking there would be no head, and it would just mm. be like. I mean, you could two, do that too. It'd just be like one arm is normal and one arm is the snake. Right, <laughs> you could do that. Like it's just um, flush the neck. That would be a particularly <laughs> low. Okay, so like even within the cast systems, like. Again, the more snake-like you are, the higher you are. So that would be a particularly low stature, Malison, because it's so human and only one bit snake. <laughs> There's Bobby, Bobby, one arm <laughs> yeah, over there. He's the lowest of Malisons. <laughs> we don't talk about Bobby. His, his head is where his arm should be. So, so <laughs> we'll talk uh, about some more specific Malisons later. But um, generally speaking, Malisons serve as elite warriors or specialized like positions of prominence, but not like nobility. More okay. like you know, like wardens of like torture jails and like oh, slave masters and whatnot. Oh like, my gosh. That's okay. these guys. Yeah, slaves are a huge part of the UNT society, way more so than even the the drow. So uh, we're gonna get into that. That makes me want to workshop what they look like way less now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, these people are horrible. Um and the the Malisons are the most receptive to the various religions of their gods, and they serve as the major bulk of the clergy and priests. So yeah. Clergy and priests. Yeah. That's kind of like uh, like how drow worship like the spider queen and shit. I mean, yeah. I mean, they worship a god, but what do you mean? Oh, they, they were like, wasn't, wasn't there drow factions that worship like spider goddesses and stuff? Well, I mean, they're Lolf. Lolf is their yeah. queen. Um, and, and there are other people in the pantheon, the, the dark Seldarine. But, uh, but with this, it's more like this hodgepodge of like religions that don't have anything to do with each other. They're just all snake. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that at the yeah. beginning. Okay. So let's get into the generally highest cast, the Abominations. Okay. Ab abominations, they're the most uniform looking of the casts. Okay. They are considered the closest to serpentine perfection. Um, they're in the masterminds, the leaders, the politicians, and the monarchs of UNT society. They're depicted as these giant, like, 10 or 12 foot long snakes with scaly humanoid arms and hands with claws at the end. Um, but they're, cool. they're mostly snake looking. And they have inherent magical abilities like fear and suggestion. And yeah, so the UNT ascend through these forms via ritual, and these rituals involve like the mass slaughtering and sacrifice of people mm. and snakes. There, okay, I I've recently, in a completely unrelated uh, part of my life, learned a lot about the Aztec Empire, and it is very obvious to me that the UNT are based off the Aztec people, like the story of their rise and fall because of the horrendous shit they did to all the tribes around them. Oh, damn, And, like, okay. the massive amount of slave driving they did to all the tribes around them. And uh, the only people that were worse than them were the conquistadors that came and fucked them up. <laughs> but anyways, wow. that's, that's, a, that's a story for another day. But, uh, but yeah, so they perform all these crazy sacrificial rituals. It's all about human sacrifice. Ooh, and, like, not snake sacrifice. Well, there are some snake sacrifice stuff, too. Okay. <laughs> so, but okay, there is a form above abomination. Um, 
They're incredibly the final rare. form? <laughs> no, it's it's a stepping stone to to godhood. So this isn't even their final form? No. Well, it's supposed to be kind of. Okay, so. That's so, like Frieza. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so the next cast form, they're called um, Anathemas. Okay. And they're exceedingly rare. They look like abominations, but they're larger. And instead of having one head, they have six snakes for heads. Holy shit. Yeah, by <laughs> nice. turn yeah by turning into an uh, anathema, they um, get a huge power boost and intelligence boost. Wow, cool. they're seen they get as Hydra stat block. Right, they're seen <laughs> as demigods by the UNT people. Um, they're seen as divinity made flesh, and they will immediately assume control of all UNT in the area. Whoa, like um, psychically or what, or just, just like because they're so awesome. Because they're so awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Because, because of the religious teachings, because they're so awesome, and because good luck fucking stopping them. Yeah, all They're hail, really powerful. All hail the Hydra. Mm-hmm. Not Hydra, the Hydra. Yeah, indeed. Um, so uh, anathemas are uh, generally more aggressive than normal UNTs, uh, and they will really kind of put their people on the warpath. They're going to organize them, get them all ready for war, and then they're going to start conquering and taking slaves. So also, anathemas are immortal. Like they don't die of old age. You can kill them, but like they're uh, biologically immortal. Yeah, they okay. Don't age, like yeah. cutting off a head of a hydra, and it just grows two more heads. Well, no, that's not biologically immortal. That's just that's just bullshit, really. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is, like, a hydra will age and die. You can find an oh, old do they? hydra. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I don't well, at least know. I think they do. Are we we got to do a hydra. Episode? We will do a hydra. Episode. Okay. We'll probably fuse it with something else, but yeah. Shit, fuse the Hydra with a, dra- a <laughs> well, dragon. Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I don't know if a Hydra could carry its own episode. I don't know how much lore there is on Hydra. But if there is enough, we'll do have its own episode. If not, it will have to share episode space with another monster. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's already what, too late to do it with this episode. It indeed. Been fitting. No, not, not fitting <laughs> in this episode. Okay. So, okay, the second reason for their immense variation is due to the rituals that elevate their forms vary from snake deity to snake deity. Some deities are gods, some are primordials, others are demon lords. Each deity has its own agenda, its own clergy, its own rituals, and its own snake forms. Basically... Okay. Okay, so so the UNT, they're, they're, the remnants of their empire exist in like jungles, swamps, and deserts. Okay. So you could flavor it that like the type of snake that they tend to look like are ones native to those areas. That makes sense. Why and then wouldn't it? Their god corresponds <clears throat> like, like sure. accordingly with yeah. the environment. Indeed. Or you could just make it if, if there's a particular deity that looks like a cobra, all the UNT that use that deity's rituals become cobra unt nice okay you know i mean it just it just varies wildly for all these different reasons it's very ununiform very unorganized so there's one more um there's one more form and cast it's not really a cast that we'll we'll talk about they're called brood guards okay so brood guards are these hunchbacked humanoid reptilian monstrosities that are ritualistically transformed from human slaves or humanoid slaves they basically look they look like something you would see in an alien movie. Like they're really gross looking. They don't look okay. snake like at mm. all. They have arms and they have limbs and Oh, it's like the experiment went wrong. Yeah, they look like like dinosaur mutants. Oh, nice. Like, like a velociraptor and a human got fused. Oh shit. That's what they look like. That's kind of cool. So yeah, um, I they can do see look kind of like cool. Alien, you know. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Um these okay, so brood guards actually outrank slaves by a huge margin because with the transformation of the brood guards, uh, it transforms their mentality too. They become incredibly loyal 
to the UNT and will do whatever. They basically become like dogs. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say they're, they're like... They're, and they're treated like pets. Nice. And much like most slave-driven societies, pets are treated better than slaves mm. because humans are messed up. Yep. But anyways, um, yeah, the Brugars have undying loyalty. Uh, they lose intelligence, but again, they gain the loyalty and their pets. They're I mean, used they can for follow commands. So how yeah, they follow. Do you need to be indeed, and they're generally used for uh, protecting the brood. Thus, brood guards they protect the eggs. They also patrol the cities and whatnot. That's like the uh, orcs leaving their most powerful behind to guard the camps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah basically. And now you just have brood guards. Indeed, indeed, you do. Okay. So. Um, so let's let's actually tell the story of the UNT, which right. I actually have notes here. I love stories. Which I'm going to go ahead and post. Yeah, post those right notes. in front of my face. Oof. A little part in the kimono here, people. Like, yeah, my notes are a mess. <laughs> All right. Okay, so uh, the UNT Empire existed in like the most ancient of times. Like, it, they're supposed to be the first human empire. So like. They like think like Bronze Age era. Okay, totally. Like like in the way way ancient Babylonian times. Yeah, and like their their ruins are, their ruins are supposed to be so old that like they feel as old as Elven ruins, but they're utterly alien to Elven ruins. And are they yeah. older than Elven ruins? Or? They're probably around the same age or slightly younger. Okay, because elves would have been coming from the Fae into this world at this point and building their own stuff separate. Far away from these weird fucking sacrificial Based snake on, people. Like, the law of writing elf lore, they're better at everybody. They're better at everything than everybody else. So yeah, of course they were first. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the elves are are traditional. Much like Superman is the first superhero, elves are like the first humanoid. Oh, race. okay. Well, so elves are Superman. Well, I mean, it. they are. That's basically what elves are. They're basically super people. I'm annoyed. I mean, it's just they were just born like that. It's actually it's some really compelling stuff. Much like Superman, if the story is told well, it's really compelling stuff. That's true. Yeah. So I'm still annoyed by back Superman to and elves. Yeah, Superman. I used to. I'm wearing a Superman shirt. I used to not <laughs> like Superman very much until I started uh, actually reading Superman comics. And there's some great, great stories. There out are there. some good. There are some great storytelling aspects. Of back to you and T. Yeah. <laughs> so they built the first human empire uh, and then conquered much of the world. And they were ruled from the various city states. They were known for their immeasurable wealth and mighty military power. And they used this to enslave everybody. Great. <laughs> Before the inception of their empire. Um, the UNT. Now, okay, they're called the UNT because that was the name of their tribe. Okay, like, it's not like it doesn't have UNT doesn't to do equal with snake. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess it, it might now. Not not as far as I know, but yeah, it might now. But but yeah, they were just the UNT tribe, okay. and then they conquered everything, and like they were known as the UNT. But even before the empire was incepted, um, they always felt that snakes were sacred. They worshipped snakes for their poise, their stealth, their form, and their deadliness. Um, and a religion uh, developed around this snake worship and they end up developing this philosophy of emotional detachment because you know snakes and reptiles generally are considered to be like less emotional than like mammals sure you know i don't know you have to go out into it's the, a, to it's the a sun to get hurt. warmth like, yeah i guess i don't know <laughs> but anyways like they develop this philosophy of emotional detachment and focus on like clear pragmatic thought okay. think like remember we talked about this in the lizard folk episode where lizard folk don't really feel emotions right very um, similar these yeah. uh, reptilian alien mindset right except for lizard folk are just like survivalists they're neutral they're they're not uh they don't have animosity and right them. like no unt people are messed up so anyways <laughs> the idea is that they wish to emulate the divine cold the calculating evil trying to indeed which is very neutral evil okay cold calculating and selfish um so this religion, uh, yeah, the religion developed this philosophy of emotional detachment, and the idea is they wish to emulate the divine. Eventually, the various snake gods of the cosmos heard their prayers and started granting them power, 
and dictating to them like their way of life. Okay. So it starts telling them you need to start sacrificing people to me and you need to start doing this right. and like start acting this way. And so my theory here is that like all they're praying to snakes ended up creating these deities because we've established belief is power in, in D&D. Yeah. And I, I have this sneaking suspicion that uh, if you were to like you have a sneaking look suspicion? into it. I have a sneaking suspicion. No, I have a sneaking suspicion that these gods came about because of the prayers. Okay, and they didn't exist before, but that's just my interpretation. And you said a bunch of words in English, but I'm pretty sure when they prayed, it sounded like right, right. <laughs> so, um, so it starts granting. They start granting uh, the UNT people power and pushing them towards these acts of cannibalism and human sacrifice and the wearing of human skin. Oh my god! Um, again, very like ancient Aztecs. That's what they did, um, and. They cultivated a fanaticism within the UNT and granted them power for it. Okay. So, and then alongside this, the empire grew. So the rituals great. worked. The rituals much. worked. Yeah. yeah. And and they got really powerful and they turned into snake people. It was really horrible for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, th- through dark sorcery, the UNT began to infuse themselves with snake biology. God, this um, is like an old, like a scary old legend in the D and D world. Probably. You yeah. Tell your kids at night. Very much so. Yeah. Like, don't go out so, in the woods at night. You're gonna get swooped up by the, by snake, the snake people. people. Yeah. So the the empire stood for hundreds of years and likely would have stood for a thousand more, but a combination of bad circumstances brought the empire to its knees. Again, this this is. Very similar to what happened to the indigenous people of South America, where a lot of things came together to mess them up, like invaders, sickness, drought, uh, famine, all this stuff kind of comes together. And it's the same thing with the Roman Empire. It took a bunch of bad stuff to happen to make that empire fall. Same thing happens with the UNT. Uh, uh, basically, there's um, there's civil war between the factions because all these people are selfish and they're trying to... Yeah, and all these um, different gods and yeah. stuff like vying for power probably yeah. end there, up... There's a major drought. Again, the serp oh, their main serpent god, Marshalk, his power begins to wane and no one knows why. So they end up like their clergy is like losing power. Um, and then the joining efforts of all the tribes that they've enslaved kind of come together with also like the factions of Nagas and Dragons, and we'll talk about Nagas another day. Maybe Nagas will share an episode with Hydras. <laughs> and uh, and so all like their out uh, outside forces are are fighting them. Um inwardly and they're inside eating themselves alive and the empire crumbles that's the, a really good um snake thing you said right now what eating yourself alive oh yeah 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 that <laughs> <laughs> so the empire crumbles and the unity are driven into the furthest reaches of their empires to die you know the most secluded of like towns and ruins like in the deepest jungle farthest desert all that bullshit okay so and they're secluded in these ancient ruins to this day and I believe it's time to take a short rest. Oh, we haven't done that yet. No. Let's, let's rest. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about crazy-ass snake people. <laughs> Weird, right? Let's talk about something more more good. More, more good, good, more happy, less neutral evil. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I can't think of anything more good than like... Our listeners, I really love you guys. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, we would like you to tell other people about the show if, if you want. I mean, that'd be awesome if you could. It would help, certainly. Yeah. Um, leaving an iTunes review helps us. Um, visibility. It's all about visibility. Well, I think this is the last week um, you're eligible to enter our contest, no? Yes, indeed. So we won't announce the winners on next episode after this one because we won't know it then because we record things early. But... This is the last episode that airs before the contest is over on August 1st. And in this contest, we're giving away two fancy dice sets. One is an elven dice set. The other is a dwarven dice set. And if you want one of these dice sets, all you got to do is hop on Twitter, tweet a link to our show to your followers with the hashtag of the dice set that you want. And, of course, hashtag DungeonCast. And you'll be entered to win one of the sets. Yeah, hashtag elven, hashtag, elven, hashtag dwarven. Hashtag dwarven. But always hashtag DungeonCast. Because if you forget the other tag, we're going to insert you to the contest anyway, blah, blah, blah. But right. yes, make sure it's a link <laughs> to the show or a link to our homepage, um, whether that be like SoundCloud or YouTube. They're both good, right? Um. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Of course. And if you're, if you're... Any podcast app, iTunes, I don't care. If it's if it's sharing the show with people, that's all I care about. Yeah, me too. Um, if you are on YouTube, th- that like and subscribe button, they're like reaching out to you. They're like, touch me with your mouse, <laughs> your pointer. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Um, no. I, I want to talk about the UNT. At, at the Dungeon Cast <laughs> on Twitter, um, thedungeoncast at gmail.com if you want to leave us uh, feedback or questions. Uh, oh, our Discord. There's a link for our Discord down at the bottom. Indeed. It's popping in there. Indeed. Thanks, everybody, for t- participating in the Discord. Special thanks again to Jack Ford. Indeed. Thank you, Jack. We rock Jack Fort. And uh, <laughs> let's go back to the show. Let's go back to the show. We're back. We're back. I think we're back. Holy shit, we're back. <laughs> All right. So let's get into what the UNT are up to now and kind of like how they live their lives. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so the general idea now is that the UNT are slowly attempting to regrow their numbers and basically reemerge once again as a mighty empire. 
Um, the UNT, like I said before, have rid themselves of sentimentality, and they view the world from a strictly pragmatic and dispassionate perspective. Okay. Kind of like the lizard folk. Again, just yeah. they don't understand it. Well, that's the thing. Lizard folk don't understand emotion. The, the thing that separates the lizard folk from UNT is the UNT do. They, they do, and they use it against you. Mm-hmm. They recognize and they understand emotion on an intellectual level, and they see it as a weakness to be exploited, and they're really good at doing that. They're kidnapping your infants. Um. Yeah, yeah. They, they would do that. Yeah, something sure. messed up like that. They're all about infiltrate. Uh, big part of them is they like to infiltrate uh, human society and start like cultivating human cults. Oh, snakes, man. Basically with the promise of power. And some of them will probably get turned into pure bloods, but most of them will get sacrificed. You know what I mean? <laughs> or they'll just facilitate the cult to bring, the, and then the cult's job will be to bring sacrifices to the UNT. It's like you're going to church every week, and like all of a sudden it just starts to feel wrong. <laughs> right, you know? right. And then all of a sudden you're a fucking snake. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the UNT are noted to be master liars, manipulators, and terrorizers. Uh, and these same tactics are next to useless when used against them. It's hard to manipulate manipulate the emotionless right you it know, is. it's hard I've outside tried. of magical means you, you can't scare them yeah what are you gonna yeah. what are you gonna do intimidate check right Probably the best not. you can do is like actually understand what it is that they want and then use that to your benefit uh, that's the best like a, you're gonna get like a contract with so, the devil yeah yeah similar find, they, they're, find a hole in they're the plot. next to impossible to manipulate outside of magical or masterful masterful means basically okay so there are a few general principles that the UNT live by. Again, these are general guide- guidelines. These are not a lawful people. This is just like their general outlook on life. I know how to beat them. Unplug their heat rock. <laughs> yeah. <this is laughs> well, they live in the jungle and the desert, so yeah. Attack in winter. Attack in during winter. There you go. <laughs> They're slower than. Um, <laughs> Some of them are hibernating. That's hilarious. Okay, so uh, one of their one of the things they believe in is that. Uh, other people's lives are cheap. They have little to they get put little to no value placed on any non-UNT lives. Again, we talk about they view people as meat. Yeah. Um, they can and will slaughter people by the thousands to promote their own agendas without remorse. And sure, like I'll kill ten thousand, whatever. Like whatever they don't it care. takes. Whatever it takes. Like, nice. I okay. want I want this next city, or I want that specific item, or I want the ne- this next form of snake awesomeness. Snake awesomeness. Yeah, that's just what they do. So the next thing that they kind of live by is uh, capture and not kill. Remember, they're not chaotic evil. They they don't like they might enjoy slaughter and whatnot, but it's not like they live for destruction. Yeah, they're gonna do the most effective thing. Indeed, the UNT wish to conquer the other races and not destroy them. They rather capture and enslave. Bodies are useful for sacrifices, for food, for broodguard transformations, for indoctrination into their coal, and for raising up people to pure, pure blood. Sacrifices totally work, as yeah. we've established. Yeah, they need meat. Moving on. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing that that's kind of noted about their outlook alike is that they depend on deceit honor loyalty honesty are useless ideals to them it's for them it's all about stealth misdirection lies poisoning and assassination murder like these are reliable and effective methods of subjugation to them that's just that's how they look at it damn (laughs) yeah they're just bastards there's some bastards indeed snake bastards so this dispassionate view of the UNT, it extends even to their religion. Even though they appear to be zealous and fervent, and in a lot of ways they are, it's not out of like love or adoration. It's about it's all about themselves. It's all about ambition and personal gain. The UNT wish to gain the secrets to divinity from their gods. And once the UNT is armed with the knowledge that they need, they'll they'll even seek to supplant their deity. So is this like because we've been talking about them as like a group. Mm-hmm. Is it for the, the will of the entire group? Is this like a hive mind kind of thing? Or are there individuals? No, that are they're all to... individual, all trying to 
They're all trying to become God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're doing it as as a squad. Yeah, exactly. Like they see the usefulness of each other of an organization, an organized structured society. But but all secretly, the the top tier of mm -hmm. them are going to be like, no, it's going to be me though. Exactly. Okay. Very much so. So um so yeah they're they're again they're even seeking to supplant their deities and it's because of this that the snake gods have to walk this fine line to maintain worshippers so they can maintain their power but without being brought low themselves mm. and basically the the snake pantheon if you will kind of changes every hundred hundred or so years there's a few people that get knocked down and other UNT get brought up to actual like lower godhood wow okay yeah so, so it's happening it, it's happening yeah it's a thing. Nice. So there's uncounted amount of UNT worshiper or uh, deities, and they kind of leave it so that like it, it's up to you, homebrew it. You know, come okay. up with it. For me, I probably do maybe some demon lord stuff. I don't know. Does it look like a snake? Does it look like snake? Use yeah, it, indeed. But there are a few deemed like core deities that are like the most prominent. So we're going to talk about them. Okay. So the first and foremost that's talked about is Dendar the Night Serpent. Now Dendar is considered what's called an elder evil. Or a primordial. Oh, they shit. pre-exist. Like an old one? The PHB presents them as a great old one. I don't think that's really fitting because to me, great old ones are are Lovecraftian in nature. And right. like fifth and seventh dimensional beings beyond the understanding of mortal man. Like Yeah. Some whatever that means shit. Exactly. Yeah. Dendar, she's more quantified. Yeah, she's definitely more quantified. She's like she, <laughs> You know, in in um, Norse mythology, how there's like the legend of Ragnarok and how Fenrir will devour the world and a bunch of other stuff that doesn't actually make like physiological sense. Yeah, I watched that movie. Fucking uh, no, not the, the, Hulk, <laughs> the Hulk beat the shit it's out of that good dog. Movie. I'm not denying it's a great movie. He threw that shit but off of like a bottomless waterfall or something. Movie. No, did I'm he throw it off of Asgard like itself? Um, like, is that just like a yes, spill off into yeah. like into the cosmos? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It, I, I bet it's and that wasn't Fenrir. There. That's Fenris, which is just a take on Fenrir. Oh, Anyways, okay. Yeah. Sure. Because Marvel and Norse mythology have nothing to do with each other. So yeah, true. But actual Norse mythology. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it, they talk about like monsters consuming the world and all this other stuff. That like mm-hmm. it just sounds like nonsense. You know, it's just like craziness. That's kind of like Dendor Seal. Like, it's she's all about, like, she's supposed to be the harbinger of the end times. So presumably, she'll devour the sun and the world and leave all in darkness and yada, yada, yada. I don't know if she's actually capable of that, but she's generally depicted as an enormous hundred foot long midnight black serpent. Wow. And she's all about fear and nightmares. Like, it's said that she was born when the first humanoid slept and had the first nightmare. Oh, that shit. she was born. Which also... That's a cool origin story. Cool origin also completely contradicts the predates the world kind of bit. Yeah. So, like, what oh, is well. it? <laughs> which <laughs> which, which is it, D&D? Tell me. <laughs> but anyways... Uh, What's that Pokemon? fear? Fear and nightmare. So she, she grants her clergy the ability to fuck with people's nightmares and to... Um, do magical like fear spells and like she feeds off of it it makes her more powerful fucking dream eater and there's even there's even lore that says like she performs a service for all the cosmos because if she didn't feed her hunger everyone who had nightmares would uh awaken and remember every detail of their nightmare and never be able to forget it oh cool. so like she's the reason that people who have nightmares they wake up and they can't quite remember it so it has less of an impact on them because that snake creature ate it Indeed, because <laughs> Dendar the Night Serpent, who will soon devour the sun of the world with her glorious 100-foot-long form. Ate your dream about a clown. Ate your dream about a clown, indeed. Yeah, most of it, Okay, anyway. move, moving on. That's all I got. You got any questions about Dendar? No. Oh, <laughs> okay. Dendar is, uh, I was trying to say, what's that Pokemon from... Uh, Ekans? Sinnoh? 
Sinnoh. Oh, uh, Darkrai. Darkrai. Oh, Darkrai. Yeah. Okay. Dendar equals Darkrai. Sure. There's some similarities there. It's a lot. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so the next deity is Marshalk, uh, also known as the Master of the Pit. So he's the the OG UNT Empire god. He's uh, responsible for most of their original traditions and forms. They come from him. Uh, he lives in the abyss. Um, it's not stated if he's a demon lord. I mean, it's stated he is a god. I would say if he lives in the abyss, you he probably, probably has a lair, so he's probably a demon, demon lord. lord. Yeah. His whole deal is that he's kind of fallen into this deep slumber, kind of like Romanos in the uh, Blue Wigs episode. <laughs> Romanos. <laughs> um, since the Empire's fall, he's kind of fallen into that slumber. And it's unclear whether he fell into a slumber and then the Empire fell because of it, or if when the Empire fell, he fell into the slumber. <laughs> he woke up like, oh, fuck, guys, I'm really sorry. Well, he still hasn't mean woken to go to up. Sleep. It's kind of the deal. Oh, he's still really? asleep. Oh, man. He, he can still get uh, power to his priests, and uh, he can be awoken via powerful rituals for short periods of time to talk to. But generally speaking, the dude's asleep, and his power has... <laughs> greatly waned um, but his clergy takes it upon themselves to keep the UNT traditions alive and well and it's why um, despite the UNT not being a very uniform people like there is a still a bit of uniformity to it and it's because of, of his followers is that a thing to like put immortal snake deities to sleep to beat them is, is that, that like a thing, a, is that a thing? this is not the first time I've encountered that oh, kind really? of scenario yeah they do the, this bit in golden sun where you have to you have to like make a snake monster drunk so you can kill it <laughs> i i don't know i it's not something i've come across before um the unt are technically an original DD monster concept although like they didn't inv invent the idea of snake people no i mean i mean who knows who did i mean you could look at the uh old hp lovecraft story uh called the curse of yig it's actually a really cool short story in which like this couple's journeying across the American Midwest and they they come into these Native Americans territories and the Native Americans there yeah, tell them like whatever you do don't harm any snakes while you're here because this area is under, you're gonna get fucked up basically this area is under the protection of this deity named Yig and if you hurt any of the snakes uh, he'll turn you into a snake oh shit and obviously they're like haha whatever but. As they keep going um, on their journey, the 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 main character, I guess you could say, the husband, he he um, becomes more and more superstitious about the snake things. But then his wife kills a snake and it turns into this whole ordeal. He goes crazy, like thinking that they're like cursed by snakes or whatever. And he's going to turn into a snake, and basically, um, one night in the darkness, like something comes into their room. And they can't see what's going on. And she grabs a shotgun and she shoots, but she ends up shooting and killing her husband. Okay. And the, she ends up in a, an asylum, but in the end it's revealed like they're looking in on her, the wife in the asylum, after oh. the story's been told. And she's like become like this snake-like person. Oh, shit. And it's like she's she's like slithering on the ground. She's like lost her mind. She went crazy after she killed her husband. Okay. Anyways, snake people, snake deities, like hey, they're all over the place. Wow. Okay, cool. That was a tangent. Moving yeah. back Moving back to Mershalk. <laughs> uh, so Mershalk, he's the OG UNT. Deity, and he gives his clergy. He's all about poison, poison, mm. poison, and venom. Poison spells, venomous <laughs> bites, all that shit. Yeah, just okay. like classic snake. Nice. So the third deity that we are going to talk about, his name is Seth McFarlane. <laughs> no, oh. he's called Seth. He's also known as the Sibilant Death. Sibilant meaning like hissing. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if you knew what that word. Yeah. Meant. So sibilance. Yeah. So thing. He, yeah. Okay. He's depicted as a winged 
abomination, and I, I mean a UNT abomination. Like right. Not, okay. Not like, like the like not the, like a the class of UNT. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he's basically a wing snake man. This is like where bad equals good. Indeed. <laughs> abomination. Thumbs up. So, good job. So this deity emerged around the time of the Empire's collapse. He actually physically appeared in in the prime, and he promised to defeat the enemies of the UNT and bring back the Empire. Now he does fail, obviously. Otherwise. They wouldn't have fallen. Right. But he is likely <laughs> responsible for the UNT survival. He sure, probably okay. gave them enough time to give away. And since then, he's gained a lot of followers and a lot of power. And he's all about psionic abilities and manipulation. And he grants his clergy similar abilities. Uh, but for him, it's all about converting other UNT to his worship. And, uh, yeah, that's just kind of his deal. He's just yeah. growing his power. I keep coming back to this thing where, like, there's so much, there's so many, like, grand evils in D&D. Mm -hmm. And, like... Like they have a lot of followers and it's it's like an evil time. And mm -hmm. then like mm -hmm. there's so many other things that are like so like I feel like everybody's following some kind of evil thing in mm -hmm. the world. And I mean, just, right. just like closet evil. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there's a lot of good, too. We should probably talk so. about more good. <laughs> the Eladrin were good. We talked about them last episode. That's true. So there they piss me off. They're elves. OK, well, I can't help it. If <laughs> like you're after elfist. that episode, I just got more you're damn like, elfist. God, I'm so annoyed by them. <laughs> All right. So that's about it. All I got for the deities for this episode. Um, none of these deities were going to get their own episodes, so I figured yeah, they're we'll, not we'll like, dive into them here. Yeah, they're not like they're not meaty enough to carry an episode. Right? They're snake. They're 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 all about snakehood. So let's actually talk about some of the powers that UNT get from turning into snake people. Like, okay, it's not just aside from like thing. being able to like serpentine yeah. across the floor. So yeah, so there's all kinds of things that like different. Um, there's different monster stats uh, for like the different clergy members, and you get all these different like powers. And then there's actually a little section in the UNT section of Olo's guide where they're like, these are some variant powers you can attach to any of the UNT um, stat blocks to like spice it up. Okay. They get things like chameleon skin where they can, you know, like a chameleon. <laughs> they can hide. Nice, cool. Yeah, so camouflage. Um, yeah. They get, uh, they can get like an acid slime skin where like touching them does damage to you. Oh, if shit. If you hit them with a melee weapon. They can shape change into like giant poisonous snakes. Wow, cool. Um, okay. They can shed their skin, kind of like Orochimaru style, where you do damage to them, and then they can, like, heal and then, like, come out of their body. Oh, they, like, molt right there? Yeah, they'll molt right there on yeah. the spot mid-battle. Like, yeah. I'm good now. This yeah. giant wound, it's gone because I molted it away. Yeah, they they have this ability called Snake antip Antithopy. Uh, antipathy? Antipathy. Yeah. I believe Basically, you. Basically, <laughs> they cause snake phobia. They can be, they can fear you, but make you specifically afraid of snakes for like an hour. Oh, crap. And okay. Like that. And there's, there's some more other Magical stuff, snake but, fear. But they just get general snake power. <laughs> they can vomit uh, mouthfuls of snakes. They can like transform like, uh, there, let's say there's a bundle of sticks that you're gathering for your campfire. They can like zap it and it turns into a bunch of snakes. Oh, shit. They do stuff like that. So. If, you, if, you, <laughs> if you already use them to make your campfire, mm -hmm. they can zap it. And now all the, there are a bunch of snakes, but they're on fire. Right. Yeah. Flaming snakes. <laughs> Flaming snakes, shit. So, so yeah, that's basically all I have on the UNT, except for one thing. They did make a playable uh, race stat block for UNT Purebloods. It's in Volo's Guide. It's at the end of the playable races bit, and we're going to talk about it right here, right now. So, yeah, yeah let's right get now. into it. Yeah. Well, so, can I say one thing before yeah, we do? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Dead tree, bunch of bunch of dead branches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You could zap it. Oh, they're all snakes now. Indeed. Indeed, you could. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it'd be fucking scary. Hell yeah, it would. <laughs> fucking, it's like the Wizard of Oz. So I don't know but if I all snakes. Right. So I don't know if I would allow a UNT pure blood in my game just because they're so fucking evil. Oh, like as a play, a play as a playable yeah, race, yeah. yeah. But if you did, they got stats for it. Uh, UNT pure, pure bloods get a plus two to charisma and a plus one to intelligence. Kind of fitting. I like that it's two mental scores. Yeah. Kind of fitting. Very cool. The only other stat I would think of would be dexterity, but yeah. yeah. They age at the same rate of normal humans. Um, 
again, they're devoid of emotions and um, all that other jazz. Um, they're medium size. Their base walking speed is 30 feet. They get dark vision. Big surprise. Um, they get the innate spell casting feature when which they can they can naturally cast the poison spray cantrip. They can also cast animal friendship an unlimited number of times. What? But only target snakes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. So there it is. Uh, start. <laughs> Frogs, nope. Starting snakes at, only. Yeah, starting at their level, you can cast Suggestion with this trait. Uh, once you cast it, you can't do so again until you take a long rest. Uh, and the spellcasting is all based off charisma. They can all speak parcel tongue. Right. Um, you gain magical resistance. You have advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical, magical effects. That's pretty powerful. You just advantage constantly. Yeah, totally. That's really powerful. Very good. Yeah. You also get immunity to poison, which makes sense. And then lastly, you can read, write, and speak common, abyssal, and draconic. Now, I don't really like that UNT can speak draconic. I don't like that draconic is the reptilian language. Yeah, it's like the go-to for anything that even remotely resembles something with scales. Exactly. And that's not, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. They should have their own, like, maybe there should be a reptilian language or... Yeah. yeah dinosaurs I, are dinosaurs and mm-hmm. snakes are snakes and, and dragons, dragons are dragons. dragons. Yeah, I agree. And dragonborn are kind of like dragons. And Indeed. worms are dragons. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Anyways, so that's all I got for the UNT. I hope that was informative. Do you have any questions? Oh man, if uh, so, if you're they're really fun. If you're a playable, just carry around a bundle of sticks, and when you see like a campfire of a group of enemies, just throw the sticks and zap them, and on the way down there'll be snakes. Well, the playable race stack can't do that. Ah, why not? I mean, you could homebrew it. That's some late game shit. I like the UNT. The UNT are scary. Number one, yes. Um, their challenge ratings are a bit higher than a lot of the other things we talk about. Like, okay, for your first five levels, you're going to be fighting orcs and ogres and all that other stuff. Yeah. And maybe from level six to 11, you start getting into UNT stuff. You go off to far off realms and fight crazy monsters that are yeah, really, really like powerful. Ancient desert Indeed. ruins and shit. Indeed. Okay. And uh, yeah, they're just, they're, they got a really cool aesthetic to them and well <laughs> no, i mean like, what's the second cast called again um the malisons the malisons, the malisons look cool too well it depends not, right because you can like kind of your homebrew malison that's <laughs> it's just a regular dude but all his fingers are snakes <laughs> yeah no see that wouldn't be a malison that would be all i can think about is that mutant. episode of the adventure zone when they uh-huh. they do the airlock bit with the joke and it's mm-hmm. snakes all the way down oh yeah i remember that <laughs> um well with that i think we can call it a game yeah, let's call it a game uh, we'll talk to you guys later bye, bye. I opened my mouth and it wouldn't come out. Uh, Let me drink some of this water. (laughs) Apparently, I'm fucking dehydrating. (laughs) Solid. I think that's the first time I've ever fucked that part up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You had one job, Will. (laughs) I couldn't say my name. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.